0: And he arrives with two suitcases which we learn later they're filled with money cash oh. cash money
1: <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All
2: Booked, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And we are trying a new format today because Jamie brought a bag of books.
1: It's a tote, really.
2: Yes. It's and a very large bag. <laughs> apparently, we are a warm-up for a speech that she has tomorrow.
0: Yeah. So I'm giving a speech tomorrow, um, and which probably isn't tomorrow in real time. But right. It's always as tomorrow. As of today, it's tomorrow. And the it has a theme, right? This group told me the theme of their speech, and I don't like to do themes. But this one was, life's like a box of chocolates. (laughs) You never know what you're going to get. So, you know, clearly, I couldn't review books about Chocolate. Or I oh, guess I could have. some really good you know ones. <laughs> I'm rethinking that my been strategy. <laughs> I probably should have done that. So what we're doing is I picked 24 books and I got a thing of chocolate with the ones that are wrapped. What are they called? A uh, Ferrero Rocher. Yes, I knew I couldn't pronounce it. And I numbered them. And so I'm going to have the audience members pick out chocolates and I will review the book with a corresponding number. And I'll probably do... <laughs> six or until they get tired of me. Um, So it was kind of tough because I clearly couldn't read 24 new books in preparation for this speech. So I kind of went through my own personal bookshelves and then I had a good time just walking down the aisles of the library, um, picking out books to put in my bag you never know what you're going to get. So I thought, so like the speech is tomorrow. I don't feel in full disclosure, totally prepared to do this speech <laughs> because you know some of these books I haven't read in years. So I thought what better way to practice than to test it out on the podcast. But we and, don't get chocolate, sadly. No, she didn't but, no chocolate yeah, that was going to be a secret because they can't see us. You were going to act like you were pulling out oh, chocolate. Okay. Well, but, <laughs> but instead I'm just going to have you randomly choose numbers. For Plus them. I
2: don't think anybody wants to hear us like smacking on it's things. It's not that kind of podcast.
0: Also, Ooh, I was afraid you'd eat my chocolate, and I need it for tomorrow. That's yeah, true. It would be so very there's that. So, All right. Yeah.
2: So how about we delve right in? Pick Nin- a number
0: between one and twenty-four. Nineteen. Ah. Oh, yay. Okay. (laughs) You never know what you're going to get. But number 19 is a book called A Girl Named Zippy. It's a memoir by a girl. Her name is Haven Kimmel. And her nickname was Zippy because when she was little, she used to zip around the room really quickly. I have fond memories of this book because it was published, I think, in 2001. And I started at the library in 2002. And this is one of the very first books I read when I worked here. And I absolutely loved it. Before then, I don't even think I was into. Memoirs—they've obviously become more popular in recent years. But I pulled it off the shelf, and I absolutely love this. So the girl, Zippy, we'll call her. When she was little, she was pretty sick. She was like a sickly baby. She didn't speak for a really long time. She was bald until she was like two, which in my family, no big deal. Everybody's. Yeah. I I think baldy babies <laughs> yeah. are really cute. Yeah. But- <laughs> I, I'm always was shocked when I saw babies with hair because in my family, you're bald for a really long time, and then you go bald again. So, uh, but uh, yeah. And like I said her dad called her Zippy, and I guess it was after a chimp that was on TV that used to roller skate. And it's just, she's a delightful writer, and she has this kind of eccentric family. It's the Jarvis family. She's the youngest of the kids or of the daughters. And then her dad, Zippy's dad, is a gun-toting father who enjoys gambling and smoking cigarettes and is declared an atheist. And Zippy follows him everywhere. She just loves her dad. Her mom, on the other hand, in contrast, um, she said her favorite hobby is reading on the couch with a bag of potato chips. and <laughs> Her mom is highly religious, super Christian, so it's kind of interesting to watch the mom and the dad. Her grandma's in the book. Her older sister has convinced her that she was adopted by gypsies, so that's oh no. kind of uh, interesting. And her brother's older when she's born. He's already a teenager, and she just idolizes him. And then she has friends. Her friend Julie is Zippy's best friend, who lets Zippy do all the talking. Then like the neighbors are a cast of characters. Her neighbor Edith thinks that Zippy's always out to get her. She's like real paranoid and thinks that this little kid is doing everything. Petey Scroggs the, is a neighbor who bullies her, and then kidnaps her cat, P Dink, and <laughs> holds the cat captive in his basement. And they also have two dogs, Kai and Tiger, and then their neighbor, Reed, is trying to poison their dogs. So there's a whole This feels like Dennis the Menace situation almost. Yeah, and it's like... also, you know, one of the other reasons I, yeah, it totally does. <laughs> one of the reasons I love this book is it's super Midwestern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was wondering just... what state it was. I don't in... remember if it's in Ohio or Indiana, but it's very, very Midwestern, which I can really relate to. And the crazy mm-hmm. family part, I can relate to. And it's just, it's adorable writing. So, and there's a, her baby pictures on the cover of the book. I know you can't see this. Would you say not a cute baby? I think the baby's adorable. Adorable. Yeah. Very large eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very bald. Yes. Yeah. Very bald. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, it's it's a great memoir and um, fond memories for me because it's one of the first books I read when I worked here. Well, that's lovely yeah, That was reaching back in time to get the Zippy book in there. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's Katie's turn. I would like a seven, please. Number seven for the win. Yeah, Katie, you're lucky. Number seven happens to be one of my favorite books by one of my favorite authors. Heading Out to Wonderful by Robert Gullrich. It's the second book I read of his. The first one was called Reliable Wife. Where a guy like mail orders a bride and she comes on a train and she's more than he bargained for. So I really mm-hmm. liked that book and this book very much. It's definitely vibey. It has like a really dark, almost mystical mood to it. It takes place in the 40s and there's this guy who shows up in the small town named Charlie Beale and he arrives with two suitcases, which we learn later they're filled with money, cash, oh. cash money. <laughs> um, and he gets, he becomes friends with a butcher uh, and his wife and their son and he's, Everyone's just kind of like intrigued by him. I don't know that this was ever made into a movie, but if it were, Robert Redford would have to play the dude, just mm-hmm. very drawn to... But he kind of gets crossways with this lady in town who's a young girl, kind of like real rural and backward, but she marries a guy named Bodie Glass, and he's got money. So he basically bought the girl from her dad for okay. mm-hmm. for some money, right? And so she doesn't know any better so she has to be married to this Bodhi guy but then she sees Charlie Beale and they fall in love and Charlie ends up using the little boy that's the butcher's kid to kind of cover for them so they can sneak off and have their love affair and of course it ends in tragedy. It does feel I know you said vibey it does feel it's Southern Ballad. Like, mm-hmm. it reminds me of, oh, like, not Tennessee Williams, but but kind of like yeah, a Truman dark Capote, southern, like just southern down. Southern Gothic, kind of. Yeah. Southern, murder, suicide. Yeah. You never which, know. Which genre is it in? Fiction. fiction. Yeah, okay. it's fiction, yeah. This author, like I said, The Reliable Wife is great, and then he wrote a book called The Prince, oh my gosh, I can't the Fall, The Fall of Princes, which is one of my favorite books, but I don't recommend it to people because it's autobiographical of the author mm-hmm. and most people wouldn't like it but i absolutely <laughs> uh love it so if you and that's one of those books like if you read it and then told me you didn't like it i couldn't be friends with you anymore oh um, and so, so you just don't recommend so it i just don't all? recommend it because i need i don't have that many friends and i need to yeah. keep them all so i don't do I'm that one but, of those people who's like challenge accepted yeah. yeah but this is heading out to wonderful it is it's super good your turn we'll go
2: with three since you went with seven
0: three Doing all the lucky numbers. <laughs> yeah, three. It's called The Wives of Henry Odes uh, by Johanna Morgan. It's historical fiction. And there was some debate for quite a while. This is I found this out after the fact, after I read it and really enjoyed it. There was a contention it was based on a true story and a real person. And then there was some backtracking that... Maybe it was based on a real person with the name of Henry Odes, but that the story didn't quite check out. But the premise is um, Henry and his wife they move to New Zealand. He's an accountant, and he gets a job offer at a firm in. New Zealand. And while he's at work one day, his wife and kids are kidnapped by the Maori, the tribe. And then now this book is also called racist, right? <laughs> because of the the way it portrays the, the tribal people in New Zealand, but they are kidnapped and he comes home. They're gone, like they killed the dogs, burn the house, like just destruction. And he immediately jumps on a horse and, you know, organizes a search party and he goes looking, but his horse falls or something and he breaks his leg and he's in the hospital forever and the search kind of dries up at some point he assumes that they are dead right they're never to be found again uh but the truth is they're not they're being held captive and eventually they get out but by the time they get free he has moved to america to california and found another wife so that's the, why betrayal. the wives of henry odes plural oh, gosh and um and then of course guess who shows up at their door one day Right. Um, and then there's this is what's fascinating to me is there's a polygamy trial. He is. Tra- and that's for the part where I was like, it's a true story, right? That's you can mm-hmm. document that. And it turns out in the end, Henry Odes was a real person who did immigrate to California. But this polygamy thing never happened. And the so how the origin story of that was sort of interesting because the author was like, no, this is a true story. My dad. Like, we used to talk about it. He was a law professor, and this is a famous legal case. And then they even found evidence in an old legal textbook. But apparently it was just a hypothetical that a law professor was like. Okay. For instance, if this happened, um, Mm -hmm. but it kind of got passed down as truth and... uh, And attached to this man. Yeah, so... In, it's interesting. I don't know the full story. I'd have to do more research, but uh, it is a really cool book because, can you imagine? It's one of those books. Could you imagine if that happened to you? Any part of it? Like if you were the Any husband? If you were one, I don't know. I still feel like the husband didn't two.
2: try hard enough to recover his initial yes, family. That, yeah. so could have looked a little harder, Henry. <laughs> try
0: harder, Henry. That's the moral of the story.
1: But that is interesting that it's a book that was based off of basically like a folktale that was passed down, and they were like, Well, my dad's a law professor, so it's it
0: must be true, it has <laughs> to be true. It must be true, yeah. And when mm-hmm. I read it and then read like that, it was based on that, true, mm-hmm. I would tell people for years, Oh, read this, this really happened, yeah. Um, but that's like, why
1: Sabrina always checks those notes in the back because she wants to know,
0: yeah, it's, that yeah. it's real. <laughs> but like on this one, I'd have to look, but yeah, it, it's portrayed as real. It was only mm-hmm. later that it kind of got debunked as maybe not being. Yeah, I feel
1: like we have gotten such a variety so far, which is the the joy of the box of chocolates. Yeah, it's your it's your number. It is my turn. Yes. Don't choose wrong. I'm going to do 24. I'm going to go.
0: I'm going to see what the final book you chose is. Okay. Oh, it's interesting that you chose this one. And I put this in the bag just yesterday (laughs) and I read it a few months ago. So um, did you read this by chance? I did read that book. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, thank you. This is going to be really good practice. This book is called Book Lovers by Emily Henry, and I did read it. I probably read it two months ago. It was mm-hmm. super popular. Like yes. It really uh, made the rounds. Um, and it's got a cutesy cover, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Kind of a chiclet with Yeah, like would the, the, the like,
1: cute, illustrated romance covers that are super popular, kind of like a bridge between romance and fiction.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I would call this book um, a Hallmark movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is like <laughs> the absolute... And I mean, that's kind of the joke in it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you, if, if any point I get this wrong, you jump in and correct me. Uh, but she, the the main character, the female character, is a literary agent in New York City, super high-powered, mm-hmm. super hard-shelled. And her sister convinces her to go on a uh, girl's trip mm-hmm. to this town that a romance novel was based on. Like yes. a really popular best book. Very popular. Book was, was based in this real town and fictionalized and it doesn't live up to the hype they get yeah. to the town and like there's barely a main street and the all important of that stuff.
1: note yeah. is that the main character that we are following is the other person in the hallmark movies so when people go to the cute town they always call back and there's always a mean significant other that's holding them back that only cares about work that's her yeah. uh, <laughs> the number of times her boyfriend has moved to a small town for work, and then called her a week or so later and been like, "I fell in, I fall in love with a baker's daughter, like something yeah. like that. You don't understand what Christmas really means, so I'm gonna have to break up with you." Like that kind of thing happens to her a lot. So yeah, the the joke is that she's the other person in the in the rom com, which is it's a pretty funny. <laughs> yeah,
0: and her her man, the man uh, that she ends up hooking up with, also very coincidentally is a New Yorker that she knew previously in New York because he's also, I think he's an editor. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to fall in love. They're working on a book project together, but absolutely, um, they get so it on. So hard yeah. when you're the only other New Yorker
1: in yes. town. Yeah, <laughs> know,
0: right. They to each other. And for a few minutes, you think maybe she's going to end up with, like, the lumberjack, but no, she ends up with this... Uh, Guy, But it's it's a good, I loved reading it. I yeah, absolutely it was very fun. loved reading it. It was very plot driven. The characters were great. And mm-hmm. uh, I just and you z- z- just zip right through it. Uh, and it will be a movie. There is no doubt that this will be turned into a movie. But this is a good, like, beach read airplane. Yeah. All right.
2: I'm curious what Lucky 13 holds. 13.
0: I, you know, I almost, when I was numbering them, I almost skipped 13, like they did do for elevators and yeah. stuff. Like it was going to be bad luck. But let me see what it is. Oh! Well, we'll go this one fast. I've yes. actually reviewed this on the podcast yes, you have. This one is becoming Duchess Goldblatt, the memoir. And I just uh, adore her. And Lyle Lovett plays a prominent part in this book. And <laughs> I, I love that deeply madly <laughs> in love with Lyle Lovett. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've seen him in concert since I did my podcast on oh, this good. I mean, I've seen him in concert like 50 times, but I was sort of hoping that because we both love the duchess we would mm-hmm. somehow connect at this concert <laughs> um that did not happen uh but the book is delightful and um refer back to podcast number i don't know but uh it's a great podcast i did that one with lisa coker we both yes the book yes and, uh, we had a lot of fun so that's 13. i will how about one more do you one more one more so
1: you well no you have to choose again you chose the one that was already reviewed. oh okay
2: hmm 11.
0: oh okay Eleven is actually my favorite book of all time. Oh, and wow. I have read that one before too. Oh, good then. You can do the review. Yeah, <laughs> <No>, I cannot. <laughs> it's been it's been many years since I've read this book, but I, it's actually a book I've read more than once. Which the only I don't do that. Um, I read J.D. Salinger over and over again, um, and I love this book. So every few years I will read. Um, it's called the God. Of, you know, I should end the suspense. It's called The God of Small Things, um, by Arundhati Roy. Um, And very kind of interestingly as a fact, the very first speech I ever gave when I worked here, um, I was asked by another person, hey, can you go give a speech for me? I can't make it. And I said, well, what do you do? Well, like, how do you do it? And they said, well, I just take a book and I review it for like 30 minutes. (laughs) And I was like, just one book? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, how do you talk about a single book, unless you were the author, (laughs) for 30 minutes? In a speech, I couldn't get my mind around it, so I decided to be super ambitious and take two books, and one of them was <laughs> *The God of Small Things* uh, by Arundhati Roy, and the other one is called *Gods in Alabama* by Jocelyn Jackson, which is also somewhere in here. And I thought, because they both had God in the title, it would be like the way I would like connect the speech so that it would make sense as mm-hmm. a speech. They're very, very different books, but um, and I loved it. And then I kind of got addicted, and at one point, I was doing literally 20 books in a speech. Because you don't have to say a lot. Yeah. You know, I again, I can't imagine. This isn't a book report. You don't it's want to give away the report. ending. <laughs> you just kind of get one. But this this is my favorite book. It came out, I think, in 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read it originally then um, as a book club book. I was in um, a book club. It won the Booker Prize that year. Um it takes place in India in the nineteen sixties. Um a lot about the caste system in India, family secrets, betrayal, forbidden love. Um twins. Kind of twins. Yeah, there's twins. <laughs> there's twins in this book. The language that she uses to write, and this is she doesn't write often. And, um I think she's written one more novel and she writes essays and stuff. This book is perfection if you're into literary fiction. It's a sort of a difficult book to read. I remember reading it originally and was probably on page 70. And I was ready to put it down because it's very detailed. It's very slow um, because it's so language uh, rich, and it's very
2: atmospheric, very too. very
0: dark. Yeah, this is. I mean, this is not a happy. This is not no. a book to read mm-hmm. uh, if you want to be happy. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna read a small quote from her, from her. And the air was full of thoughts and things to say, but at times like these, only the small things are ever said. Big things lurk unsaid inside. So it's a lot. The secret of great stories is that they have no secrets. Oh, only that once again they broke the love laws that lay down who should be loved, and how, and how much. So good. <laughs> this book is so good. But anyway, uh, I may read it again this year. When I was putting it in the bag, I thought I may I may give it another go. Um, very sentimental. That was a perfect one to end on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Since it is your favorite book. <laughs> it is my well. I actually have five books that are tied for my favorite, but I I present this one often as my favorite. So. <laughs> Yeah. I thank you guys for helping me practice for this speech. Of yeah, course, thank you. Yeah, that was very fun. Uh it was a real roller coaster. If with any luck they'll pick the exact same numbers that you guys and did, you don't have and to. Then <laughs> have to like, yeah, I'm a little nervous because there's a lot of books in there, but it is it
2: is a it is a large task you've set up for yourself. And it's kind of funny to see this evolution because you were talking about what it was like to be super ambitious and talk about two books, and here you're bringing 24,
1: 24 Ooh. books, all types, no connection <laughs> yeah. other than they're in a bag together. They're in a bag. That's what, yeah. And you've numbered
2: them. Yeah. Well, I hope
0: that the people in the audience tomorrow are as gracious as you do. And just in case
2: we've got some people who are listening who are parts of clubs and stuff who in general tends to invite you to give speeches
0: um, there's a lot of book clubs in town um that do uh, oddly a lot of garden clubs invite me um, to speeches and i'm like <laughs> i cannot talk about like that is not a thing i don't garden um so that uh women's women's groups um like the bigger service clubs sometimes but uh my favorite speeches are in people's living rooms um so i've been lucky uh in my career to uh be invited over for tea a lot and uh get to talk about books that does sound lovely yeah
2: all righty well thank you so much for trying out a new format for our podcast yeah and stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations bye